What's up, everybody? It is your boy, Actively Lazy, a.k.a. Abias Jesus, a.k.a. Alan Sandich, a.k.a. If Ronnie was here, Alan Sandridge. Don't know why he can't pronounce my name, but I am here for week one of the Backdoor Cover NFL Gambling Podcast. Uh, you guys will notice that this year I am doing it a little differently and we no longer have Keith with us. Never fear. It's nothing against Keith. Um, I just felt like it was in his best interest to focus solely on the DFS uh, because him and Joe do a great job on DFS. And it's kind of hard to DFS and gamble at the same time. Um, some of my friends and I have talked about that. You, you get conflicted a little when you mix the two. So I told him, you know, it's fine. Actually, I didn't even just tell him that. I literally told him like you're kicked off the show <laughs> he was not happy but it's all good if you um want dfs information and stuff him and joe are great resources um he's over at um fantasy six pack as well doing articles left and right uh so you can go over there for dfs content i get a lot of people in my inbox asking me about dfs i suck at dfs so if i'm giving you dfs advice more than likely you will lose. So don't come to me for DFS advice. But I am okay um, at the uh, sports gambling part of the NFL. And that is what we're going to cover here today. Uh, also to update you guys, um, if you want my super contest picks, and I'm not saying that it's a premium or anything like that. However, I was about 65% on super contest picks throughout the entire year. Um, if you want those specific picks, I will be dropping those in the IBS all-star group. Um, all-star perks for the NFL season will be that I will drop plays on Tuesdays, um, which is a couple days earlier than this podcast will drop. So, you, you know, we can get in front of some line movement. Um, and you will always get my top five favorite plays of the week and those top five plays is what I am putting on my super contest picks. Um, and you will also get my updated power rankings when I get done with this. Um, <laughs> when I get done with this, this, I, I don't even have a, a real term for it, but essentially I'm going to create a power ranking system based on um, spreads and covers home and away and just kind of get some kind of running data for people to kind of figure out when Travis Kelsey or a player is out, how do we accurately assess their value to the spread? Um, I had Travis Kelsey as at least a point. Um, I think after listening to the Even Money podcast, I think Fesnick has it around that too. I'm not sure what Fesnick's, um, what his formula is. He's a great math guy. He reminds me of Joe Matz. But um, if you can come up with the formula, by all means, share it with me. Because I'm trying to figure out a way to, to do it that's more concrete than me just saying, I know Travis Kelsey is probably worth at least a point or two. I even looked it up uh, as far as this, the touchdowns per game. I think they average around like three when he's out of games. So I'm assuming that they're closer to four when he's in the game and that's how I came up with that number. But I want to be more concrete uh, when I'm making these assessments. Um, 
it's very important that we as gamblers understand that the NFL is a constant like change. Everything about the league, everything you know about like a team can be used in a positive way uh, for sports gambling, but it can also hinder you. Uh, one of the, the things that I harp on, and you'll probably hear me say this later on a particular game, is that sometimes when it's too good to be true with sports gambling, it is too good to be true. Um, and they take advantage of that in Vegas. Um, they love to take advantage of, of suckers out there. And sometimes I'm a sucker myself. I can't help it. Uh, case in point, for the high rollers, I'll go ahead and admit it. I took the Niners against the Steelers. But when we get to that portion of that, like of the podcast, when we get to that portion of the podcast here, I'm not advising people to take the Niners. Uh, maybe at a certain number, but I, I think that's a game that could easily be won outright by the Steelers. And I'll explain that when I get to that game as well. But that's just case in point. Like, you know, even I'm, I fall prey for it. And I, I think sometimes people who are considered professionals or this is what they do, they don't ever tell you the full truth. So on this podcast, you will get the truth. Um, and that is my five minute intro. You will get the truth at all times. I hold myself accountable. I'm not going to tell you to play something. And this is for the folks who do all stars. Not going to recommend that you play a bet that I didn't personally put money on myself. So if you lose, I lose. And therefore, I take it very seriously because I'm not trying to lose a lot of money. And I know you guys are not either. So let's make some money. Week one, Lions at the Chiefs. I'm getting these spreads from mybookie.ag. Mybookie.ag is our group sponsor. I know other folks like to use DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, Caesars Palace. Tony's got um, a website that he's promoting as well. I am not going to tell you not to use those sites. Even if it means we lose our MyBookie sponsor, I don't care. Number one rule of gambling, shop around for your lines, especially when you're talking about NFL. NFL is capped so tightly, it makes no sense for you to use just one book. I have in my wallet at least 15 cards from 15 different casinos because I use 15 different sports books if I can. Um, I've got a whole section of my of my phone is dedicated to apps that I can log on to and look at the numbers. And I use Action Sports Network, which will also sort out for you uh, what the best line is for said team, said game. All of that goes into play, and all of that is how you ultimately will make your money. Like uh, gambling is a long game. I know there it's very popular for folks to do the twenty leg parlays, and and the guys will post it on Facebook and stuff like that. I got friends that do that too. That's cool. That's great. Uh, I wish I could hit a twenty leg parlay, five dollars to win two grand. That'd be phenomenal, but I can't. And therefore, I do it what I consider to be the right way, which is. $50 here, $100 there, build your pot to when you can get up to three, four hundred, five hundred, maybe even a grand. Just depends um, how you're looking that season. How you do your units, how you do your um, bankroll control management, that's on you. Uh, everybody's pot is different. I'm not a, a six figure salary guy, you know? So, yeah, I'm not betting seven, eight hundred dollars a bet. But if I can build my pot up to that, I will. 
Um, and there have been plenty of times personally, and then some of my friends will tell you where I have done the rolling, the rolling pot and taken $50 and turned it into $500 a bet uh, and, and made plenty of good money that way. I would recommend that folks adhere to that, have some control this year, um, especially early on, because projections are projections. They're not set in stone. We might have the Chiefs winning 13 games and, and something drastic could happen. You know, I don't wish it on Patty, but let's say Patty goes down. They're not going to win 13 games, probably. So you just have to make adjustments on the fly from time to time. So take your time. Pick your spots. Lions Chiefs. I got in at six and a half. Um, I saw this line super early and I loved it. Uh, Fesnick talked about it. Week one is actually probably the hardest week to do your betting because typically a line for the NFL is put out on Tuesday and you have roughly like 24 hours to catch a soft line like to catch the Lions at six and a half or seven if you you know if you bought it up but week one these lines have been out all summer so they're not soft they've been making adjustments left and right and um, I will get to a game that that shows that here in a second but right now the opening game Lions Chiefs this now is down to four and a half. Uh, Lions are getting four and a half. The money line is plus 182. The over-under has actually dropped a point to 53.5. It was 54.5 when I did um, my podcast on Tuesday. I'm still liking the Lions with the points as much as possible, as long as it's over a field goal. I just feel like we have so much drama in these first games from time to time. And I know there's some people that are against taking the Lions because golf didn't play all preseason and the Chiefs definitely play hardcore uh, during preseason. But there is something about Chris Jones missing and the Chiefs having a glaring um, statistical like negative when it comes to these these lines over the last year. Last year, uh, teams getting more than three and a half points went went ten and four against the spread versus the Chiefs. I don't think that trend's going to just magically end uh, this year, especially with them starting without Jones on defense. He's he's a big plus on their defense, literally a game changer. And so with him being out, I understand Kelsey might not play. Even if Kelsey was playing, I, I took the six and a half. Um, and even if Kelsey's playing, um, still I would take the four and a half. So my lean and uh, my play would be to take the points with the Lions. As far as the over under 53.5, you know, a lot of people are expecting this to go under. I will tell you that the trends, however, say otherwise. Patty's like five and zero against uh, overs or 7-0 overs in his opening games. I forgot how many seasons he's been in. But he's, like, typically the first game of the season for him is an over. Um, Jared Goff, the same way. First game of the season typically is an over for him. Uh, one of the things I will caution folks about here is if you get a trend, let's let's say combined these guys are 8-0 against this, uh, with the over, you have to understand at some point that's going to pull back. At some point you're going to catch the under 
that's just probability, man. Like you, it's never a hundred percent. Nothing is ever a hundred percent. So if you got eight games in a row of hitting around nine or 10, you're going to find that pullback. So I think a lot of folks who are putting heavier money on it are putting it on the under. And that's why you're seeing that line drop a little bit. So I would, I would lean to the under. I would have liked it more at the 54.5 or 55 um, that I would have gotten earlier, but it's it's fine. I think right now at 53.5 too. just buy it up to 54. It's also something in uh, NFL you can watch and bet live, see the ebb and flow of a game, see how the officiating is going. Um, how teams are driving, and you can always just hedge over under. The spread isn't quite as easy to hedge, but it's possible as well. Um, we're not going to harp on the four and a half too much. I don't think four is a key number just yet. I have, I have, um, I have like a inclination to, to mark for as a key number here soon but i don't know if we got enough data yet to do that um i explained that on another podcast analytics uh guys going for it on fourth down uh the extra point being further back and, and people missing it a little bit more consistently than when it was like two yards away has kind of swayed that three and a half four number to maybe change a little especially if you're taking points um but I'm not quite ready to to say that you know I have concrete evidence that we should start looking at four as a key number. So let's keep the four and a half, run it like last year. Anything over three and a half is is good if you're taking the dogs. Uh, Sunday on this website, the first game is the Carolina Panthers at the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Carolina is plus three and a half right now. Money line is plus 153 for Carolina. Uh, over under is 39.5. I don't really think the Panthers are going to be good. I'm not super hype about laying three and a half with the Falcons. If there was ever a team that made you really question, why are we gambling? Is this rigged? The way the Falcons just trick up games is, is man, it's something else. And uh, it's not just one particular coach. It's literally like in their DNA. They just trick it up. Arthur Smith has been uh, atrocious on opening games as well, uh, but he also hasn't had a ton of talent to work with. So I want to give him a pass. I think the Falcons are much better than the Panthers. Um, the Panthers are going to probably be without uh, Brian Barnes. Um, I think they're also going to have some struggles because they got a rookie uh, number one overall pick. Uh, rookie number one overall picks have been awful in their opening games. I've got the data here. I wrote it down just because I thought it was that interesting. Um, in the starting overall number one picks, are seven and 19 against the spread week one, one and 13 against the spread in their first start in general. So some of them don't start week one, but in general, they're one and 13 in their first start. The last number one pick to win straight up 
was David Carr back in 2002, I believe, even though I wrote 2022. Uh, but the last overall number one pick to win straight up was in 2002, people. That is, whoo, that is a long time ago. Um, but if there was ever a team that could trick it up and buck that trend, it would be the Falcons. Uh, so if you can get it down to three, that's great. Uh, and when I say get it down, I mean on the book. If you can buy it down to three, that's great. Uh, I would take the Falcons at three. I'm still going to take the Falcons at three and a half uh, because if you do some contests, they don't allow you to buy the points. Um, but I'm in my my bookie contest. I'm going to put the Falcons on there at three and a half. The over under at thirty nine point five. It's really not worth it to bet the over, but I also think it might go under just because the Falcons are probably going to be more run based and the Panthers. I expect some hiccups like in their initial offense. They don't have the playmakers that that you would expect. I mean, Thielen's OK, but he, he's he's getting older. Uh, the offensive line was awful all preseason, and that is concerning, especially when you have um, uh, undersized quarterback um and it was mainly the left side of the line too which is his blind side so i'm a little concerned about that however the falcons probably won't be the team that's going to really test that out because they don't have a premier pass rusher i still keep an eye on it though uh going into the next 1 p.m game the houston texans are at the baltimore ravens baltimore laying 10 at home against the Texans, Texans money line plus 380 over under 43.5. 10 is a lot of points. 10 is a lot of points. Seven weeks into the season, it might as well be 20 in week one. Like that is a lot of points. And I don't think the Texans are going to be that great, but I think they got more talent than people are giving them credit for. We don't know much about the coaching staff because, well, this is their first time. And their quarterback, this is his first time, and uh, C.J. Stroud. But the NFL is a competitive league unless people are intentionally tanking. Uh, so with that being said, I don't think the Texans are in intentional tank mode. And I don't think that the Ravens should be trusted to lay 10 points in their first game with a new offense and their quarterback who hadn't played any preseason and giving us any inclination that he knows the new offense comfortably enough to lay 10 points. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hard pass on this. Uh, if if I had to do a lean, I'd probably lean with the Texans somehow finding a way to, to cover at least the first half. Um, but, again, we got a rookie quarterback. It's It's too many this could happen, that could happen on this game. So, yeah, I, I still think 10 is a lot and um, would not be shocked if the Texans, like, backdoor it. Would not be shocked if Lamar uh, – I almost called him Odom – if Lamar Jackson doesn't look good. I mean, I, I have X and O concerns about how he's going to look in this offense if it's going to allow him the um, the uh, freedom to, to run as much as he wants. Um, are the route combinations going to be – are they going to fit his eye? I don't feel like – People are taking that into consideration. He's not a, a read the whole field guy. So if we're how how spread out are we gonna be? Because if we're too 
spread out, then he's not going to see the field. He's not going to see some guys open. And if the routes take too long to develop and he's not reading the field properly, it's setting him up to take more hits. Will he get antsy and just take off? It's just a lot of questions. So that is a game I will be watching, uh, but I have no interest to bet on. Um, Arizona, Washington Commanders, uh, Commanders land seven. Uh, Cardinals are plus 250 on the money line. The over-unders at 38. Commanders are not a team that I really want to bet. I put them in a teaser, and a lot of people are putting them in a teaser. I really expect them to win. Like, come on, man. The Cardinals are openly taking, openly taking. Like, they're not even trying. Uh, and it would be truly embarrassing if they come in with their backup quarterback without, you know, DeAndre Hopkins because he's in uh, Tennessee now. And they still beat the Commanders after all this hype uh, with them getting Eric Bieniemy. I would I would be shocked honestly if they win. The number though, I mean Washington isn't super terrible um, against the number with non-division opponents at home if they're the favorite. Um, the last couple, well, even the last like three years, I think it hasn't been totally awful, and usually. I'm thinking of them as a favorite against like the the Falcons or something. I I think most of the time they either fall right on the number or just get over it. So seven would only happen with Arizona, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I expect the Cardinals not to be doing much on offense. And so, I mean, you know, we might get some inexplicable field goals, but I, I can see them winning by like nine right there. Over under, I'm not touching it, 38. Who knows, man? Who knows? But if you want to take a shot at a long shot money line, that plus 250 is very enticing for somebody that just wants to throw a Hail Mary out there. 1 p.m., Cincinnati Bengals, Cleveland Browns, Bengals laying two and a half on the road against a divisional opponent over under 48.5. I will tell you that I am looking at this as a premium fade for me. Um, worth the risk at plus 114 with the Cleveland Browns. Would love this number to come up to three. I think once Joe Burrow is confirmed, um, and, and Fesnick said this as well, once Joe Burrow is confirmed to be the starter, this line will take a slight bump up. Um even say it might bump up to three and a half for real. Um, but it doesn't matter to me. I think the Browns win this game. I, I think they do. I think the Bengals will start a little slow. Um, and I think Cleveland has given them fits in this spot home field, uh, being the spot that I'm talking about. I think they've given them fits and um, it works in their favor. Something about their defense, uh, when they're in Cleveland, um, against the Bengals, it just, it just works. Um, and they got this very punishing physical style. Deshaun Watson's got a lot to prove to to folks like myself this year who who worry that maybe he's um, he's just not there yet, or he's not going to get back to the old form. And I know Ronnie talked about it yesterday on our um, on our futures podcast how he looks slow and and like just doesn't look like he's he's got the. I guess the the old thing back basically, 
and you would expect to see some of that in preseason because he had what about six seven games last year then he gets a full off season with the team and then he's got preseason but he just just didn't see any flashes and i i openly asked if maybe the browns didn't have a plan for him when they basically gave him the largest contract ever uh he was a big name he's a splash for sure but you know you gotta figure out a way to um to incorporate your your quarterback into your offense it sounds crazy to say that but like he's not a power game uh quarterback you know and that's what they've had to do uh even even with baker mayfield i I will even give him a little pass like he's not a power game quarterback and that's what they were asking him to do so um i think it's stefanski he's gotta he's gotta figure it out he's gotta figure it out so um i expect them to to look a little bit different and they do have uh different wide receiver personnel and everything so we'll see but I am high on the Browns plus 114. I will actually be betting the Browns money line, uh, hoping that they win um, and taking as many points as I can. Would not be shocked to see Cleveland win this game and Miles Garrett having a great game as well. And here we get to the game that I was referring to earlier. 49ers laying two and a half against the Steelers over under at 41.5. It pains me to say this, but I am a um, gambler first. And I don't like us in this spot. Now, on the flip side, Corey and I talk every day. Corey likes the Niners in this spot. Um, I will say I don't like the Niners in this spot simply because we usually start slow. Um, and I don't know what shape Nick Bosa is in. Like, it's one thing to, to like all these guys in the NFL look like they're in great shape, and they probably are in air quotes great shape but great shape isn't always game shape you know and um he wasn't with the team who knows what he was doing like even if he was working out and stuff uh staying in like the the physical condition like you still got that mental grind and it's just different you know you need that hands-on experience and camp and and practice even if you don't play preseason and um i just want to kind of wait and see with him our offensive line is not good this year. I don't know what happened to them. Uh, it was not pretty all preseason. Didn't matter who we put in. Um, if I could just find four more Trent Williams, I think we'll be a Super Bowl contender. But unfortunately, we can't. <laughs> so I have concerns with that. Not to say that we can't win. Just saying that if we didn't, I wouldn't be shocked. I would like three to three and a half with the Steelers, 100%, three to three and a half with the Steelers. But in the same breath of me saying that the Browns look like a good spot to take the home dog, the Steelers look like a good spot to take the home dog. Um, they're plus 107 on the money line. Um, and it's definitely a, a teaser. Like we're not, We should not beat the Steelers by more than two scores if we do win. And if you tease this, you're getting plus eight and a half. So that that's going to be – that's worth it. The over under 41.5. I'm not touching the over on this one either. I think you know we're gonna we're gonna try to out physical the Steelers and they're gonna try to bring it as well. I'm not looking for a high scoring shootout. Brock Purdy executes our offense really well, and it makes me optimistic that maybe we won't start out with some with some like nonsense like we've done the last couple of seasons. 
But again, the gambler in me is 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 looking at this like eh, Steelers. I was high on the Steelers before the season started, and we usually start slow. I don't know. So that's why I said I would advise on my podcast to give a good look to Pittsburgh, even though in the high roller contest, I took the Niners. I was 100% a homer for that in the high rollers. Uh, Titans, Saints, 1 p.m. game. This is an interesting game. I would say that I like the plus 135 on the Titans because I think that the Saints are a little overvalued as a team because their conference or their, sorry, their division is bad and their schedule is weak. But the Titans, I, I just there's just something about them that that makes me not want to fully commit to them being the the disruptor that they've been in years past. Now they could cover the number, and I fully expect them to cover the number, especially if I can get it at three and a half. Like to just close a game out and win it. I don't know, man. Like when you start the season openly talking about moving away from your starting quarterback now and uh, moving away from the guy who was supposed to replace that starting quarterback, it just, to me, it just does something to the locker room value. And and you replace A.J. Brown with DeAndre Hopkins. Eh, I don't know. But I do like I do like the running backs. Obviously, we know Derrick Henry, but my man Tajay Spears is nice. I, I talked about him at the Senior Bowl when I went out there last year, and then he just absolutely obliterated uh, USC in the bowl game. So it's nice to see him get a lot of love during preseason. And I don't think it was a fluke. Like, the guy's a stud. And if they can work a two-hitted monster and just kind of get back to the basics uh, for their offense, which is power game, play action, not try to get too cute, they probably can out, um, like, outwork the Saints. I don't think Derek Carr is going to be any different than what we are used to seeing. And I guess it just depends on what lens you're looking at for Derek Carr. Some people are like, oh, he sucks. And other people are like, well, the team around him wasn't that great. I think it's a combination of um, of both the situation and the team. And so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be down on him. He's good enough to win this division, put it that way. Is he good enough to beat the Titans? Mike Vrabel is a great game planner. I don't think that I would take it over at three with the Saints. So I will take my points with the Titans. Give it, give it a little lean to the money line. Like I'm I'm actually formulating the reason why I keep hesitating for the folks who are like, why is he talking like that? Because in my my mind's working even while my mouth is moving. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if I did a money line parlay with the Titans, the Browns, and the Steelers for upsets. I don't know. I don't know. I'm considering it. Jags, Colts, Jags laying five on the road. Um over-unders at 45.5. Let me tell you, this was the game I was referring to earlier where you got a line in the summer, which was the Colts plus four, and you had all this time plus preseason, and now people are like, ah, I'm going with the Jags. <laughs> Everybody was a little, little uh, bullish on the Colts before they got to see Anthony Richardson. And I'll put it this way. I know people think he's he's going to be terrible, or, or most people think he's going to be terrible because of how he looked in college. 
I am one of those people that I did not like him in college, but as I said on the TikTok, if he got with at that time, I said the guy that that helped elevate Jalen Hurts, which happened to be Steichen, I thought he would be a have a, a good chance to be successful in the league. And so he is with Steichen. And I think he does have a good chance to be successful. However, not this year because they don't have the personnel around him to really bring out the elements of Steichen's offense that they're hoping Anthony Richardson will excel in, like probably the deep pass. They don't have a deep pass threat. He's not a very accurate quarterback um, on short intermediate routes, and they're going to have to run a lot of short intermediate stuff. But the RPO elements of Steichen's offense, he should be fine with that. He should be fine with that. I don't know if that's good enough to win seven, eight games in his rookie season because, again, they're, they're lacking a lot of talent. Um, and they're lacking a lot of supporting cast, mainly their running back, Jonathan Taylor, who was really damn good. <laughs> but uh, he he should I, – I still have an open bet on him 6-1 to one to be rookie of the year. And that was just based solely on if, if they move the ball, he'll be the 100% reason why they move the ball. Uh, so I'm hoping for the best with that. But this five, if you wanted to fade the Jags, I would not be mad at you. Because they always find a way to trick things up. The the outlook on the Jags is that they're going to be so good. There's so much optimism on Jacksonville. You almost forget that they've never lived up to said optimism at any time when people are optimistic. The year that they went to uh, with with um, was it Bortles then, or was it Gap? It was Bortles. Yeah, the year they went to the playoffs with, with Bortles. Nobody was that optimistic on them because they had Blake Bortles and the defense shine. The next year when everybody was like, oh, they're going to be good. No, they even disbanded the team. <laughs> so it's like, man, what are we getting? I, I think Sunshine is going to be fine. Uh, they got Ridley. There are some questions on the defensive side of the ball. But as long as they got the athletes to contain Anthony Richardson, I really don't think pound for pound that the Colts can beat them. But I'm, I'm – strong lean to taking my points with the Colts don't really want to lay five with the Jags on the road uh, and I said strong lean meaning I'm, I'm not putting it on any of my super contest cards Buccaneers Vikings next or that's the last 1 p.m game on the list Buccaneers Vikings Bucks are getting six on the road plus 206 money line over unders 45.5 what are we getting with the Buccaneers? That is the million-dollar question. Nobody knows. The Vikings' offense is going to be pretty good. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm going to say pretty good because they don't have Dalvin Cook. They'll be missing that element. But as far as their receiving core, I don't understand how people are like, oh, they lost Adam Thielen. They got Jordan Addison. What? Like, did anybody miss him and Kyle? I get the USC year probably wasn't the best, but. Like, bro, he was a stud in Pittsburgh. And the USC thing, I don't think that was through, like, a decline of his own. I just think it's just the business of college football right now. Like, uh, he wasn't getting the rock as much as he wanted, and they didn't have any defense. So why would I give him my all, you know? Like, that's just the business side of NIL and, and so forth that we have in college now. But the kids – Kid's nice. He's better than Adam Thielen, this version of Adam Thielen. Like when Adam Thielen was in his prime and, and people thought he was better than Stefan Diggs. I know y'all ain't forget about that. 
But when he when people thought he was better than Diggs, that dealing is long gone. So um the version that they had last year, Jordan Addison will be better than that. They're gonna miss Dalvin Cook, though. I don't understand why they let him go. I I, I really don't. He was a big part of their offense and a big part of um Kirk Cousins' safety valve. But as long as Kirk Cousins isn't in prime time, he does pretty good. Um, he's got five primetime games this year, so expect him to to be faded in those primetime games. Baker Mayfield, I don't I mean, if I could be honest, and I know some people think I'd just be talking to talk, the dude sucks, man. He's got a glaring red flag. If you make him run to his left, like if you push him to the left, he hardly throws the ball. He'll just take off and run. But if you push him to his right side, he more than likely will try to throw the ball. It's really that elementary. And if I can figure that out sitting at home, I know defensive coordinators can figure it out. So I don't think he's going to be that successful. And, and he's, he does have Mike Evans, um, and they still have some weapons. But like Ronnie said last night, how motivated is this team to win, man? These guys got their – they got their Super Bowl. They got their high. None of them seem remotely hungry. <laughs> they didn't seem hungry last year. I'm pretty sure that's why Tom Brady just went on here retired because they, they got what they wanted and – that was it. They, it wasn't like the Chiefs where they wanted to stay at the top. They were just content with the one. And I even might say that about this next team, the Rams, too. Like, they got their one, and that's it. Even the organiza- organization just seemed content with that one. Six is is a slightly hefty number for a team that doesn't do well against the spread in the Vikings. I talked about that last year. Yes, they won games, but they did not cover the number often. So. I would lean to taking my points with the Bucks and seeing them lose by probably like four or five. Rams, Seahawks. Um, Rams plus five and a half on the road in Seattle over under 46. You know, ironically, the Rams give the Seahawks fits, or they used to. Uh, back in the day when they had like Steven Jackson, that was all they had. And everybody else would smack the Rams, and the Rams would come in and play the Legion of Boom and beat them. <laughs> it would always be wild. I don't think that Rams team or that mentality is there anymore. And like I told Ronnie, if you see the Rams trade Aaron Donald, that is when they've packed it in. And I'm waiting for that moment. Cooper Cup is out. and uh, The hammy thing is, is hindering him. I, I hate to see these soft tissue injuries with, with guys like Cooper Cup because a lot of times they become chronic and they never return to their uh, elite form. So hopefully he takes his time and, and comes back, and when he comes back, he's 100%. Because I don't think the Rams are too concerned with winning. Again, a team that's just content with living off that one Super Bowl for quite some time. I'm surprised that Aaron, Aaron Donald came back. I'm surprised that um, Sean McVay stayed like I, I really thought i really thought in my heart of hearts that those two guys were set to retire i'm not sure what convinced mcveigh to come back but you know you got the quiet elephant in the room with uh matthew stafford not relating to his teammates and all this other nonsense his wife said uh so there's that as well and i'm just not not really optimistic uh, that this is a number that the Rams can cover. I see Seattle winning by at least 10, by at least 10. 
I could say a lot of things about Seattle, but I, I don't think this is the game to really harp on on my concerns for them because I don't think it'll show up here. So we'll we'll wait a week or so in Seattle. I fully expect them to to cover this number. Eagles on the road laying four against the New England Patriots over under 45. I'll keep this short and sweet. I am sick and tired of the Patriots getting so much respect like Tom Brady is still at that like field. No. The four is on point though. I think four is fair, but it's just the the rebuttals that people give to wanting to take the Patriots. Like if the Patriots beat the Eagles, it's luck. I don't care what anybody says is luck. They're not better than the Eagles. They're just not. And and Bill, the game has passed him almost. Like he's he's getting there, getting a little little Cena. I'm glad he got an offensive coordinator, but that crap he pulled last year was awful. Uh trying to have uh who was it? Uh Patricia and um Judge be the offensive coordinator like that. Come on, man. I, I think we need to pull the curtain back on this whole idea that he is just some ass. He's always two steps ahead of everybody else. Yeah, only if he's got the film on him. So there's my slander for the Patriots. I'm just sick of people giving them respect like they're still the dynasty that they were. They are not. They are a very beatable team. And offensively, they to me, they're trash. Defense is, is okay um, and should be stout this year, but they still lack athleticism across the board is just it's just weird like we were talking about it yesterday on the um on the over under podcast for uh season totals like they they have a throwback way to building a roster but i think the game has changed so much that it just doesn't work that way like you you have a very coachable roster but you need athletes now you need them like you can't go out here with guys that just play the game the right way and think you're going to win. No, you need some studs. You need some studs. And I don't think the Patriots have studs. Uh again, if they outright win plus 163, I'm not going to I'm not going to dock the Eagles at all. I am going to consider that luck. Um I do have the Patriots winning at least 8 games this year. Um their win total was at 7 and a half. I did not have them beating the Eagles though. I got this line at three and a half. I'm going to stay at my three and a half with Philly. Um, but the over under, I'm pretty sure it's going under that 45. Uh, nah. And then also for me, the depth of the Eagles defense, I think is going to give Matt Jones like fits. And he's, he's been awful. I keep calling him Matt, Matt Jones. He's been awful against the spread uh, since he got into the league. So, he was 0-7 against the spread last year uh, as a dog. So there's that as well. So I'm I'm running with the Eagles here. The Dolphins visiting the Chargers. Uh, Dolphins plus three. Money line plus 135. Over under at 51. Another game that I am looking to money line play. I'm not going to lie. Um, Chargers don't really take preseason that seriously. Um, I, I no Kellen Moore is their offensive coordinator now. But again, when you have a brand new offensive coordinator and you don't play one snap um, of preseason as a starting quarterback, I have to be concerned. Um, how many offensive coordinators has Justin Herbert went through? I feel like he's been through a different one like every season that <laughs> he's been that he's been in the league. I don't know. I'll double check on that, but I mean. 
the Chargers should be better offensively um, with Quentin Johnson. He should open it up a little bit more. We know what they got with Eckler. We know what they got with Keenan Allen. Uh, defensively, I don't know if they're ready for the Dolphins, though. Um, I know they, they caught them pretty good last year, but uh, I told somebody, if you look at that spot, the Dolphins had just gotten whipped by the Niners um, and, and exposed per se. And I think Staley and them kind of benefited from from that game film. I think having another a full year at this point in that system that um, Tua and these guys will, will come out and they're, they're just too explosive on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, defensively, they're, they're probably still slightly below average. Um, so I don't think that really matters. And with that being said, the over under of 51, I would probably take the over then because I feel like the only way the Dolphins are going to win is if they score a ton of points. And because I think that the Dolphins are going to win, I'm going to lean to the over 51. But that plus 135 is definitely um definitely has my eye. I would take the Dolphins plus three and a half for sure. I don't think the Chargers beat them by more than three. Raiders. Against the Broncos, Raiders plus three and a half. I had them at four. Did not put them in my um in my official plays, but I'm definitely doubling back. I'm about to take this plus three and a half. Uh, the money line is plus one fifty three. Over under is forty four. Again, look if your coach has to tell you that you need to focus less on your your brand and more on the game at this level at this point in your career. If you are Russell Wilson then, hey, I think the writing's on the wall. So I'm going to take my points with the Raiders. Uh, again, the altitude thing is usually an issue during the regular season, like deep into the season. The first game, I don't think so. And that's another thing, too. You don't have travel issues during the first season or the first game of the season. They're typically home field advantage. The things that would make home field advantageous are not present in the first game of the season, case in point, the Lions playing the Chiefs. If this was in November, they'd be playing or December, they'd be playing in like freezing temperatures and their dome team. But because it's the second week of September, it's going to be a nice 82 degrees. Like they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, so in this case, Raiders going to the high altitude of the Broncos. I don't think it's going to matter um, with that, you know, in the first game. I'm not high on Russell Wilson. I definitely hate Jimmy Garoppolo, but if I'm going to gun to my head, I'm going to take my points with the Raiders. And honestly, the Raiders actually didn't look all that terrible uh, during preseason. So I, I, I kind of have to think that they'll continue that momentum. And, and that was across the board. It wasn't just uh, starters and things like that because the backups, everybody just looked like they were on the same page and they understood their assignments. And I think that matters. I still felt like the Broncos got some hiccups, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And with their receiving injuries, uh, they're going to have to basically depend on running the ball. I don't really see them beating the Raiders through the air. So let me get my points with the Raiders. Uh, I'll speed it up for these last three games because I don't want to keep you guys over an hour on a solo podcast. Um, and if you feel like if you listen to this and you feel like I should just cover the games that I'm going to play or consider playing, let me know. Green Bay versus Chicago. Green Bay plus one. Um, the over-under is at 42. 
I still think it's kind of crazy that the Bears are favorite over anybody. And my concerns with what the Packers may be, I don't think will show up in a game against the Bears. Justin Fields was very concerning. Um, his ability or inability to really see the entire field and 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 make bit plays during the preseason was was very concerning for me. Uh, likewise, the Packers don't look like Aaron Rodgers Packers, but I feel like they they're good enough to beat the Bears. Man, I don't think this I don't think this game should should be the line that it is, and because I feel like this is a little off. As I said in the very beginning of the podcast, if it's too good to be true, it usually is. I'm going to take the Packers. <laughs> I'm going to take the Packers here. Um, I'm going to take the Packers minus 103 money line, and I'm going to take them on a the spread. Definitely would tease it. I don't think they're going to lose by more than a touchdown if they do. Cowboys Giants, Sunday night football, 820. Cowboys land three and a half on the road against a division opponent in the Giants. They have murdered their division um, against the spread uh, with Dak Prescott's quarterback. So there's no real reason for me to pick the Giants except for I think the Cowboys will start just a smidge slow. And I think if they win is no more than three. I think it'll come down to a field goal. More than likely, it'll come down to a field goal that the Giants miss <laughs> over the Cowboys hitting a game-winning field goal. But if they, for some reason, if it does come down to a field goal and the Cowboys don't make it, I'm 100% sure that Tony Mays will be adding me and everybody else who didn't listen to him when he was complaining about the Cowboys kicking game. Um, the irony of, of them needing a kicker to win their first game and not having that would not be lost on me. And I would definitely have to tell him that, yeah, you were right. Kickers matter. Uh, over under at 46.5. Crazy, crazy uh, stat for this game that I have. The under is 18-6-1 at home games for the Giants. That is 18-6-1 in the last 25 home games for the Giants. Don't expect that to change here. Um, looking for the under 46.5. Uh, but give me the points with the Giants. I'm not going to do the money line that I wanted before. And Monday night, Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets. Bills laying two and a half on the road against the upstart Jets who have Aaron Rodgers and, and a bunch of other things that they should be all optimistic about. The over-unders at 46.5. What do we do here? I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I'm torn. I am very torn here because obviously I like Josh Allen, but I'm not, and I'm not going to say I'm not high on the Bills. I think the Bills and the Jets split this year. I really do. And I can't see the Jets going to Buffalo and winning. So I, if I think they split, I'm kind of stuck. I got to take the Jets to win right here at plus 116 money line. And so with that being said, that is what I'll do. Uh, that is my logic behind it. I project that the Jets and Bills will split. And I don't project that the Jets are going to beat Buffalo in Buffalo. So you only get two games. I got to take them here to, to win against the Jets or the win against uh, the Jets at um, at their home stadium. But if I'm getting points, let me get at least three, three and a half with the Jets. Um, the And the Bills are 
they they found a way in big primetime games. So there's that. But division opponents have an edge on folks. And and that's one thing I wanted to to harp on before I leave you guys. Uh, but when we're looking at the um when we're looking at the Jets, the Giants, um we're gonna X out Seattle, but the Jets, the Giants, the Colts, uh, who else is on this list? The Browns. These games are home dogs with in their division. You gotta you gotta get some consideration to familiarity, and that's why the number matters so much in these spots. I don't have a problem with the Bills minus two and a, or yeah, the Bills minus two and a half. But anything over a field goal, man, I don't know. I don't know because again, these division games are a lot closer than people think. Like the Giants and Cowboys are probably the only um, outlier here where I think the Cowboys usually com- comfortable comfortably win. Excuse me, uh, but I, I think they usually win pretty pretty solid. That would be the only outlier there. But like the Jets usually have like grinding games against the Bills at home. Even the Broncos Raiders, like the Raiders getting the points is perfect because the Broncos, the Raiders usually like it's usually a battle between them. Uh, but the Colts being the home dog um, and the Browns being the home dog and the Jets being home dogs. I I, I may even throw in a, a three team home dog parlay just to kind of see where I get, because I would not be shocked that those teams come out week one and, and win these games. So that is my picks or my analysis on this week. Again, if you want my official picks, join the All-Stars. Um, Super Contest has five picks. I am in the um, my bookie one, which is our sponsor. And I am in the official Las Vegas Westgate contest. So um, I'll be doing both. My Westgate, my Westgate picks are the picks that I will be giving out in the group because that is the one that I will be taking oh so seriously. Um, and Westgate doesn't change their line, so there's no fluctuation. So I'm going to give out the line that I took for Westgate so you guys can kind of correlate that with your book, and that would help. All right. Uh, any kind of feedback is always appreciated. Hit me up if you got any questions, um, concerns, criticisms, is whatever. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe to the TikTok, which I will get back on that here once the week, uh, the season starts. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and support us in the group, share the content, etc. This is the Backdoor Cover NFL Gambling Podcast Week 1, and we are signing off.